Hello and welcome back to the B2B Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Mats Lillestrøm, and I'm already tired of this intro. Let's get started. In this episode, I'll talk about some uh, market research tips and uh, tricks that I, I've been using myself for a long time now, and I, I noticed that I always come back to them, even if I forget them for a while. And uh, it's something that, at least for me, it's really helpful because... It just removes so much of the of the doubt and so much of the, the weird stuff that some copywriters do. You don't need to operate in the in the dark, so to speak, because you have uh, you have clear data and clear research on like how to structure your message, what to actually add and include in the message, what objections you should tackle, and these types of things. And so the first bit of advice I would give for doing market research is that it's actually something I heard from a guy called Eddie something, Eddie Schleiner, something like that. And I'm sure he got it from someone else. But that is to, when you have your first draft of a landing page or anything really, any type of copy, if if the actual copy is about your your product or your, your brand, your company, then Remove all the mentions of your own company or product and insert competitors instead. And if the text still makes sense when you have the competitor's message there or the competitor's brand inserted and everything still makes sense, all the the sales propositions, they are true as in the competitor also has them. Then you know that your, your copy is really average and bland because... Say um, an interested prospect is visiting your site and the competitor's site, and then they just start wondering, oh, well, these are just like copies of each other. They just say the same thing. And then worst case scenario is that the prospect just ignores both you and the competitor and goes somewhere else. And that's a really easy way to make sure that your copy somehow stands out and that, you know, if you read the book that I always keep recommending, which is... uh positioning the battle for your mind or battle of the mind by Al Rees and, and another guy whose name I can't remember you realize that uh, there's so little space in the prospect's brain for your brand so you need to really be able to position yourself and and your whole uh, company or product in like one sentence so that if somebody were to ask the prospect so what does this company do they can say oh they're the ones that do this. And uh, for freelancers, you see this all the time when people start calling themselves things like the landing page guy or something like that. That's that's positioning. And that's like basically what you'll, you'll learn in the book. And the cool thing with uh, with doing this whole thing of substituting your, your own brand for, for competitors is that you also kind of start seeing that Copy is uh, like one of the old uh, copywriters said that copy is more like it's more like a assembling like a, a house of Legos or something as opposed to just like writing something just like in a creative burst of inspiration. Like that's not how it works. It's more like you assemble ideas and uh, you handle objections and you create benefits and, and outcomes out of features and that's kind of things that you assemble. So when you do this thing, you kind of notice as well that 
that if you take a look at your your landing page and then you compare it to com competitors, is that there are some like Lego blocks in there. Like let's take an example, like a, a typical SaaS company. One of the the benefits that that people talk about is always like oh save time, you know, save time and become more efficient. Which of course it's it's important, but if every single company out there in the niche talks about saving time, then it's kind of a given. It's like, um, you know, it's a bit like uh, when I was talking about market sophistication in one of the earlier episodes and, and how in the beginning, sure, when everything is new, then you can say save time and, you know, that can be the, the benefit, like, you know, you can have a case study where some, some company says that they save this much and became this much more efficient by using this SaaS tool. And then everything, or everyone thinks, great, that's awesome. This is new. I haven't heard of this before. But 10 years down the line, if they do the same thing and say, oh, this company got this much more efficient by using our SaaS product, then the, the prospects will think, well, well, yeah, duh, that's kind of the point of the whole thing. It's like uh, no car manufacturer says anymore that, Hey, tired of um, riding horses to work all the time? You know, that's that's kind of like, nope. Maybe that was an issue 100 years ago or something. You know, everyone had horses and they were like, God, why didn't anyone think of an automobile that could help out? But nowadays, like, we're past that. Everybody knows it and it's boring. Like, it's it's so basic. That's kind of the, th the thing here here as well when you, when you look at... Uh, the, the the landing page and your copy and your competitors copy. If everyone's saying the same thing, then it's not. I mean, I guess you can have it there, as long as it doesn't take too much, like it doesn't clutter the page. But be aware that that alone won't do anything for your brand or for the landing page. You need to say something new. I think I talked about this actually in the last episode as well, in episode twelve, where I talked about the four emotions of copy. So if you haven't heard that one, I recommend you to check that one out after this one, because that's like the four emotions of copy is something. It's very, it helps a lot to understand what kind of copy is good copy and what is bad and how to like create a checklist for, for writing better, better text and better sales messages. And uh, this takes us to the next piece of advice that I, I'd like to give is um, when you do... Um, market research and more more specifically when you do competitor research you're really looking into what your competitors are saying and how they're positioning themselves in the market and how they the whole product compares to you I think one really important thing to do is to open up a, an Excel sheet or a Google sheet and then you just write down every single um, hook or benefit or outcome that they mention on their site and then you just create this big list of things that um, that they say that they're the the whole product does the what's what's actually in it for for the customer and this might sound kind of like a weird exercise or a dumb or boring exercise like yeah who cares about that why, why would we focus so much on the on the comp competitor because then we'll just become copies of them but the thing is there are some really good copywriters and marketers out there. And uh, it's not like it's the their work and their output 
isn't free for you to see and get inspired by. And uh, this is something I do all the time. And uh, you don't really have to do it that often. Because once you really understand the niche, then you kind of know the all the hooks and the benefits and the outcomes that you can talk about. But if you're writing something, or if you just if you've never done this before, you should definitely just take the let's say five competitors that you have, open up new new tabs for them, and open up a Google Google sheet, and then just uh, start analyzing their pages and and just write. In, in the cells in Excel, just write some really quick explanations of what they are doing. Like, so the product X, what does it actually do for, for the, the customers? What, what does each company say? And then how, how does that compare to yours? Is there something there that you could say? Or even better, is there something there that you think is interesting, but you could say it in an even better way and you can improve upon it so that if a, a prospect would... Uh, would uh, read the, the the competitor's landing page and then go to read your landing page. They would like yours more just because the way you frame it is even better than the competitor. And it's um, I mean, I've um, sometimes you get some really interesting um, like eye-opening aha moments because I've had cases where like competitors have actually had like entire like SEO optimized product pages for some some specific thing that I I admit I completely missed. And then when I started looking into it more, I realized that, okay, there actually is a, an interesting angle here that nobody is doing that's kind of based on what the competitor is doing, but I could uh, take it up another level. And then I just went went ahead and implemented that. And that's, not, that's something that you, you probably can get from uh, being creative and, uh, you know, all these buzzwords and things that people talk about, you know, being empathy, empathetic and uh, and entering the, the prospect's mind. You know, just, just do some research, look at the data, fill out the Excel, and then just create better copy, almost like for free. It's really simple, but, but it works. I think it's, it's one of the best exercises or best things that you can spend some time on if you're kind of unsure how to improve your, your copy or landing pages. Uh, something I haven't uh, mentioned yet is uh, how you can do the same same um, tactic with uh, regards to imagery and especially stock photos. So earlier I was talking about uh, how to how to find uh, a new benefits and outcomes and that kind of stuff and how to make sure that they are different from um, from your competitors. Well, something that people often forget is that images and uh, the whole visual aspect of your site that's also a way to differentiate of course and you might be thinking yeah duh that's obvious but <laughs> from what i've seen is that especially when uh, companies use stock photos they basically use the exact same stock photos from the exact same sites and that is just insane like if you're using the same uh, stock photos or similar looking stock photos you know, you know what i mean like uh, Say for on your about us page, and you have an image of a of a team just having a blast at some in a conference room. You know, everyone's smiling and look at the camera like like from some freaky movie. I mean, that's not gonna do anything. Like that's 
again, again, it come, goes back to market sophistication. Like market sophistication, if you haven't uh, uh, listened to that episode yet, you really should. I mean, it's something that very few people talk about, but it's it's everywhere. And understanding the concept of market sophistication helps you understand why why something will work and why something will fail. But anyway, just with the images, you can do the same kind of kind of thing that you do with Excel with the the benefits and outcomes, but you do it for the visual part as well. So what kind of visuals are they using and how do you make sure that you don't? And how do you make sure that you stand out just on the visual front? Because again, you would think that this is a no-brainer, that's super easy to fix and so on, but if it is super easy to fix, then I don't know why, why companies aren't doing it, because they aren't. That's, I mean, that's my experience. And then the last tip for this episode is, uh, well, first off, um, you know that there's basically three types of research when you talk about market research. There's uh, competitor research, uh, product research, and then market in general, those three. So, um, and because this is, this is the B2B cooperating podcast, I'm assuming you, you're working in a B2B space. And that means that you hopefully have access to to clients or prospects and the, the, your sales team, they, are, they they do sales calls regularly and discovery calls and these types of things. And uh, they're actually great ways to just learn more, both about your, your prospects, but also just your how your product is working and, and what your competitors are. Because when you just uh, jump in on a sales call and you just mute yourself and you just listen and you take notes to what the prospect is saying and how they're reacting to different uh, things that the sales pe- people are saying. You really learn like from straight from the horse's mouth, like what is the thing that's most important for, for prospects. And this is the type of stuff that you can really use in your copy. And what I would uh, suggest, I think I've talked about this before, but what I would suggest is you go on as many sales calls as needed until you start noticing that, okay, you've heard everything before. There's nothing new anymore. Usually that takes, for me, in my case, it took about 10, 10 sales calls. And I still do them just to stay up to date. And if there are new products or new new markets we're going after, I just repeat the process. And uh, it's, uh, I think that's probably the best way to research a market is just to actually ask and talk and listen to what they're saying. Especially when it's even better when, when they don't really feel that it's an interview. Because say in a, in a sales call, they're just talking with a salesperson about something. It's not really an interview per se, but if you would call them straight and ask ask things, then they kind of put on the spot and they don't really know. So, but if you want, this is something I haven't done yet, but I've heard it's really really effective. You should just uh, call the the prospects yourself and say, "Hey, I'm from marketing. I'm just wondering about uh, one one thing," and then you state a question that's say if you want to know a bit more about why they chose to look after or. or search for a product or a solution at the time they did. If you remember, a job to be done, this kind of ties into that. So you, you call them and you just ask like, so what, what was it like? Or what actually happened when you decided that you needed to, to look for this type of, of solution? What was the, the catalyst that got, got you going and made you realize that, okay, now is the time that we need to do this? And then you just shut up and you let them talk as much as possible. And then you can, of course, ask follow-up questions. But that's basically it. That's the question you ask. 
But in the start, if you haven't done anything, I think the easiest way is just to jump on sales calls and listen and be a fly, be a fly on the wall when they just talk and uh, express their issues and uh, and uh, you also see kind of what is really working what's the 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 headliner of your whole whole product what is it the thing that always you know makes them quiet and makes them lean in a bit and or actually just makes them say that okay this is really great because for the products i've been working with there's always something that makes them say like, oh yeah this is really good i really really love this so then i of course took that specific thing and put it like front and center on the web page because i knew that okay that's the one one that everybody really likes so let's bring that like let's, let's show that in our copy way more because why not and that was it for this episode of the b2b copywriting podcast hey i'd love to hear your opinions on the podcast so far the topics what you'd like to hear about in the future um i'm all ears so just email me at mats at nordiccopy.com and let me know your thoughts okay that's uh Mats, my name, M-A-T-S, at nordiccopy.com. That's my website. Also, I'm creating a course that delves into the boring and incredibly vital marketing theory that everyone seems to miss, at least that I see online. Like, nobody talks about this stuff, but it's so important. Like, it's... I I, I just don't understand how, how people are doing their marketing without, like, basing it on these things. And uh, these things that I talk about in the course... Um, when you really internalize them, they will help your business to drive more revenue way easier and with more certainty with this uh, framework that I outlined in the course. But that's still in the works, so more on that later. For now, just um, yeah, just email me your thoughts on the podcast and um, yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.